Now, last week we talked about the barriers to our pursuit. We talked about the barrier of unconfessed sin, that if we hold, hold on or harbor sin in our heart, it's going to hinder our breakthrough. And we talked about doubt and the barrier of doubt. We got to trust God. We got to rely on God and we got to believe God. And faith opens those doors and creates the breakthrough for us. Amen. And then we talked about um, spiritual opposition, how the enemy is always opposing the church of God and doesn't want us to, to have uh, success. And then finally, we talked about the barrier of an unyielded and a self-centered will. And James said, you, you, you ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives and you spend it on your pleasures. And so James is reminding us that we got to yield our will to God. We got to yield our heart, our desires, our motives to God. We got to just be willing to say, you be the boss, Lord, and not me. Amen. And so sometimes we want the Lord as our savior, but we just don't want him to be our Lord, which means our master, the one that calls the shots. Amen. We say, Lord, I want to take it to heaven, but I want to still call the shots. But how many of you know it's better if you allow him to be the Lord of your life? Amen. And so today I want to unpack this point a little further. And today we're going to talk about pursuing our purpose. And, and you know, somebody said all of society could be really uh, separated in one of three levels of living. And you can identify with one of these three. And the first level of living is the survival mode. And the survival mode is when you're just trying to get by in life. You know, you're just punching the time clock. You're living from paycheck to paycheck, from weekend to weekend. You're really not too motivated. You don't have many ambitions or goals in life. And your life just drags by day after day. They might be some in here this morning that feel that way. And then there's the second level of living, which is the success level. And that's when you've achieved a certain level of success in life and, uh, and your needs are met. You, can, you got a little extra. You can afford to play a little bit enjoying some comforts and pleasures of the fruit of your labor, but you're still feeling unfulfilled. And, uh, and, and you're still feeling an unsatisfied emptiness in your life. And, and not, not, just, not just success will satisfy your life. And you realize that. You realize that no amount of success really truly satisfies your soul. You, you get a little bit more successful and you just need a little bit more. And they don't really satisfy. And this is the vast majority of our population. We're living in the success level. But then there's the third level, which is the significance level. And that's when you figure it out, your true purpose in life. And uh, you know your life matters. And there's a reason why you exist on this planet. Amen. And, and, to, and to boil it down more specifically, you know why God put you on this earth. That is the significant level. Now, the tragedy is most people never really get to that level. They live somewhere between survival and success, but they don't get to the significant level. And, uh, and it's because they've never really figured out God's purpose for their life. How many of you know God's got a purpose for your life? And so, you know, the question is, what's your living for? What's driving your life? What makes you get up in the morning? We're all motivated and driven by something for some of us, what drives our life is just to have fun. Where's the next party? And for some people, 
What drives our life is to get rich and be successful financially and get ready for retirement. And so all of our focus and energy is about, man, I'm, I'm going to retire one day. And then for some people, man, if I could just get married, it's going to be all right. And all the married people say, no. <laughs> Amen. And some people, man, if I could just finish school and just have a family, a happy family, that's all I'm asking in life. And that's their drive of their life. And those things are not bad in themselves. But how many of you know, none of them will ultimately satisfy your life. None of it will. And I believe to get beyond the survival level of living and to get to the significant level of living, you have to figure out your God-given purpose for your life. Amen? You can't just kick the tires of Christianity. Amen? Come on, you can't just date Christianity. you got to put a ring on her. Come on, y'all understand what I'm saying out here? And so listen, and by God-given purpose, I mean God's reason for your existence. God created all of us with a God-given purpose. Every one of us. Every one of you hear my voice. God has a purpose for your life. You believe that? Proverbs 16, 4 says, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose. God has a purpose, an intention for putting humans on this planet. It's not like he didn't have nothing better to do and he made a mistake. He's got a purpose for it. Amen. And, and until we figure out that purpose, we'll never really get past that survival level. Jeremiah 29, 11, Most of you know this verse, but it says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, whenever you look at that verse, plans, when he says, I got plans for you, it means I got a course of action for you. I got a, I got a path laid out for you. I, I got an agenda for you. For you and you and you and you. Do you know God has an agenda for you? Now, the passage of Scripture gives us two facts concerning God's purpose. One is God's purpose is uniquely tailored for each individual. And that's what he says there in, in, in verse 11 of Jeremiah 29. He says, I, he says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Put your name right there. I know the plans that I have for Todd. I know the plans that I have for John. I know the plans. For you means it's an individual thing. And sometimes it's like we don't see the tree because of the forest. And sometimes we read that and we say, oh, yeah, God's got a plan for the church. No, yeah, let's narrow it down a little bit. How about we say God's got a plan for me? Come on, y'all tracking with me? God's got a plan for me. Amen. Listen, he didn't wind you up and let you go on the earth until you run out of wine. No pun intended right there. But are you, 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 you tracking with me? He's got a purpose. And so God created us with a purpose. And so God is a set course. So listen, what I need to remember is God's purpose for my life is going to be different than God's purpose for your life. And so I got to be careful about criticizing your purpose because it don't look like my purpose. And you got to be careful about criticizing my purpose because it don't look like your purpose. How about we just give each other room to fulfill God's purpose for our life? Amen. 
And so did you know that God has a, 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 a path that he's already carved out for you before you even breathe your first? And that's what Psalm 139 and verse 16 says. You saw me. Listen to this. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now think of this. Concerning God's plan and purpose. Before we were born, God had already decided how long we were going to live. How many of you would like to know what that day is, huh? No, you would die prematurely, you know. And he laid out a plan every moment of our, of our day, of our lives. God has planned. That's amazing to me. And so God has made us and gave us a master plan for our life. Let me say that again. God made us and gave us a master plan for our life. Amen? And so we need to really grab a hold of that truth. And so the second thing to consider is the Lord always has good in mind when he plans out his purpose for us. And that's what this verse says. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. That's the heart of God. God purposes and plans for our good. And so his intended purpose is always to enrich and bless our life. But you say, why does bad things happen? Well, there's this thing called sin that entered into the earth. Because of sin, there's bad things that happen. But we got to know that the heart of God is always for our good. That's his desire for us. Good. I know the plan said I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, God is not an evil, controlling God that intends to ruin our life by forcing us into his mold. That's not who God is. Y'all believe that? He's not like, you know, trying to strong arm us and say, you, I, you, I'm going to twist your arm until you cry cousin. Until you finally just give up. And, 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 and like he's just this, he's on this power trip. God don't need us. Amen. He don't need us. If we won't sign up, you just get the person next to us. He can do whatever he wants. Right. And so John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, God's intention is not to control us. On the contrary, God intends to give us a hopeful and a bright future to liberate us, give us freedom, and allow us to have an abundant and a blessed life. That's the heart of God. Amen? And so here's the point. You can trust God's motive. You can trust His motive, His purpose. His motive is to help us. Even when we go through those difficult times in life. Now let me just give you some benefits of living a God-driven life. And you know, you can live a God-driven life or you can live a success-driven life. Or a relational-driven life. Or a, you know, a, a sports-driven life. Or you name it. But whenever you live a God-driven life, number one, a God-driven life gives you meaning to your life. Listen, truth is, without God, life has no purpose. And with, without purpose, life has no meaning. You know, haven't you noticed that 
You know, you can get really excited and motivated about something for a little while, and then the motivation wears off. You know, Isaiah 49, the prophet Isaiah complained, I have labored to no purpose. I've spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Isaiah lacked motivation for life because he was, he was lacking God's purpose for his life. Likewise, Job complained and he said, my life drags by day after day. Verse 16 says, leave me alone and let me die. My life has no meaning. Listen, if you are alive and you're hearing my voice, God has meaning for you. He has purpose for you. And you only quit having meaning when you die. As long as you're alive, you have meaning. Amen? Somebody said the greatest tragedy is not death, but life without purpose. Come on, God has purpose. Amen? God has purpose. And listen, let me tell you, it's more than making a paycheck. If you're living your life to make a paycheck, come on, come up a little higher. Get out of that, that survival and that success mode and get into significant living because the God you serve is a significant God and he's got a significant purpose and he's got a significant call for you, for you to live out. Amen. Come on, you know accident. He put you on this earth for a reason. You know, I remember before I got saved, I kept losing motivation. And, uh, you know, I, I tried drugs and partying for a while and, I got a hangover. But, you know, that, after a while, you're just like, is this it? And then, you know, I tried material possessions and a new truck and a boat and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and, but you realize the more you make, the more you get, the more you want. And it doesn't motivate you. It, it loses motivation. Come on, are y'all, are y'all tracking with me? Or, you know, I tried like sports and, uh, you know, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get good at, at golfing or, you know, whatever, at fishing, hunting. And you go at it with gusto. And then one day you wake up and you say, man, is this it? Is this why I'm living my life to hunt and fish and play golf? They got to be something higher than that. And then, you know, I tried martial arts. Well, you know, man, let me try that. And then, then I got punched. <laughs> True story. That'll take the motivation right out of you right there. Yeah. You can't block what you cannot see. <laughs> Amen. That's a tweetable quote right there. <laughs> So listen, nothing seemed to give me lasting motivation. Now, can y'all relate to this? Until I discovered my God-driven purpose, amen? A God-driven life releases energy and excitement and motivation in your life, amen? The second benefit of living a God-driven life is this. A God-driven life gives you peace of mind. When you know what God wants you to do and you live doing what God wants you to do, it gives you peace in your life. You know, in, in uh, Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm and they put their trust in you. You keep it perfect peace, those who keep their purpose firm. Nothing gives you more peace than whenever your purpose is firm. People don't live a God-purposed life. They will live stressed. They will live frustrated. They'll live fatigued. They'll live confused. They live like a heaviness is on them when they're not living for God's purpose. 
And they don't understand it. They don't understand why. What's going on? It's like you're dragging around this big old ball and chain on each of your legs and your arms. And you got one on your belt and you're just trying to get through life. But it's because you're not living God's purpose. That's why there's so much drag. But when you live a God-centered, God-purpose life, you get energized. Amen? And you have peace in your mind. And uh, I remember... Before I became a Christian, the only time I had peace was whenever I was intoxicated or I was high. And then after I got saved, the only time I I didn't have peace was when I was intoxicated or I was high. Because then I felt convicted and I was like, oh man, I lost my peace. Amen. But I found out I can live in peace. I found out I can have peace all the time. True story, whenever, you know, back in the day, I don't know if they do this anymore, but some of you will be able to connect with me on this. Back in the day on Sunday afternoons, man, you know, I had one of them little shiny trucks, you know, with the rims and stuff. And man, you just, you know, you get high and then you go slow riding through the park and you low ride and you're just checking it out. You know, you're just relaxing. Come on, anybody ever been there? Come on, anybody can relate to that? You just kind of kick your hand up on the steering wheel like you, you know, like you're cool or something, you know? But true story, after I got saved, you know, this was on Sunday afternoon, I'd ride to the park. But on Monday morning, I was going to work sober and I wanted to kick back and just throw my, my hand over my steering wheel. It's like I didn't have a worry in the world. This is like God got it. Let's serve Jesus, man. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's amazing what happens when you go all in and you surrender your life to Jesus, man. There's something about it. I've been low riding ever since, amen. Oh, man. Jesus said in John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. When you live for Jesus, you're going to have peace. When you don't leave for, live for Jesus, you're going to have turmoil. You're going to be frustrated. You say, why can't I ever get rid of the frustration? Because you're not living for Jesus. The third benefit of living a God-driven life is a God-driven life focuses your life. You know, I wonder how much life I've wasted by not being focused. We waste precious time doing things that have absolutely no importance. Come on, y'all been there? It's like I've been climbing this ladder to get to the top of the building, and I got to the last rung of the ladder and found out it was leaning against the wrong building. And now I done invested 53 years climbing up the ladder. I ain't got enough years to come down and start all over again. Come on, that's a bad day right there, amen? But man, isn't good whenever you get on the right ladder and you're climbing the right building, Amen? And listen, you know, in Ephesians 5.17, it says, Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't, don't live like just haphazard life. So Paul says, make sure you live your life focused on the purposes of God. Make sure of that. And this was the secret of Paul's life. That's why his life had such impact. And listen what he said in Philippians 3.13. Concerning his focused, his focused mind and heart on the Lord. He said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And he said, man, my face is set like flint. I got blinders on my eyes. I'm not letting anything get me off track. So listen, if you truly want your life to count and you want it to be fulfilling, we need to have razor sharp focus on the purpose and the will of God for our life. Are are y'all receiving this this morning? Are y'all getting this this morning? Y'all agree with this? Come on, you got to be focused. Amen. And then the fourth benefit is a God-driven life energizes your life. And, and you know, I've found that if I lose my God-given purpose, I lose my passion and my fire for life. And this is what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2.17. But even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and I share my joy with you all. So Paul found great joy and enthusiasm By giving his all, his life was like a drink offering, he said, in the purpose of God. And he says, you know what? It's a joy to do that. And so listen, if you lose your God-given purpose, you lose your joy. You lose your excitement. You lose your enthusiasm. And nothing seems to just stir you up and really motivate you. I mean, you go to an event, you have a little moment, a week of pleasure or whatever, but then it comes to an end and there you are, man. Sitting in the rut with a boudade lip. Amen. No joy, no enthusiasm. Amen. But I think there may be some people here today that are discouraged and depressed. And it may be because you haven't totally surrendered to God's purpose. You kind of, you kind of kicking the tires of Christianity, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to go all in. You got to go all in to, 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 to get what we're talking about. You can't just flirt with the Lord and get this. Come on, you can't just, you know, attend church and get this. You got to go. You got to go for it. Amen. And I think, you know, like if you use the scale and you said, okay, this is one little toe in and this is like all the way in right here. Everybody in this room is at some place in their commitment to the Lord. They're surrendered to the Lord. And some of us got our little toe in. And we said, let me check out that Christianity stuff. I don't want all my toes, just my little toe. And so you kind of just put your toe and you say, I don't know about that, man. That's not too good. And they got some of us, man, we down to the waist. And we, well, we've been, we, we pretty much in. Or you look at that guy with a little toe in and we say, man, you need to get with the program here. And we got, we're down to the waist in the, in the commitment to the Lord. But then on the other end, they got some of us that just said, you know what? Swim or swim, I'm going in. And you jumped in, amen? And what happens is whenever you jump in, all of a sudden you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's a level of, of not knowing the, what, what's going to happen. But when you go all in, saints, when you go all in and you get your big toe, your, your little toe, your foot, your knees, your legs, your torso, and your head, and you go all in, that's when the motivation and the enthusiasm for living the Christian life comes in. Amen? As soon as you try to work your way back on the scale of commitment, the joy starts leaving you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's true. Come on, how many of you ever experienced it and say, yeah, that's right, that's right. You got to go all in. 
You got to go all in. Amen. And so, Ty, why are you talking about all this? We're talking about pursuit. What are we going to pursue with our life? What's going to be the driver of our life? I'm telling you, you could drive for success and achieve it and wake up one morning empty or find out your life is coming to the end and your born's a fool. But if you're not rich in the Lord, you're not going to be rich at all. You got to be rich in the Lord. Amen. Come on, y'all too quiet. Y'all got to help me preach here. Come on, say amen. Help me out here. Amen. So my encouragement to you is think about what I'm saying and get it right before you leave this morning. Just make a commitment. Say, Lord, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Amen. The fifth benefit of living a God-driven life is it prepares you for eternity. And what matters most in life is not what others think about us or say about us, but it's what God says or God thinks about us. Amen. That's what matters most. And we weren't put on the earth to impress others. We were put on earth to prepare for eternity. So listen, the Joneses that you're trying to impress, they ain't going to be there when you got to meet your maker. Amen. So don't worry about them. Amen. Come on, let them figure that out. Let them work that out. Amen. Because they're going to see the same judge you will. Amen. And so just let that go by the wayside. Don't try to impress them. Don't try to turn their head. Just keep your focus on Jesus. Amen. And you'll be all right. Romans 14.10 says, remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And verse 12 says, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. And so I think our entire life boils down to this. In the end of our life, there's two critical questions we have to answer. What did we do with Jesus Christ? What did we do with the Son? Did we receive the gift of salvation? Not did we go to church. Did we accept the gift of salvation, asking Him to forgive our sins and giving our heart and our life to Him? That's really the bottom line, right? But the other thing is, what did I do with the life God gave me? In other words, what did I do with the gifts He gave me? The talents He gave me, the opportunities, the time, the energy, the relationships, the resources that He gave me. What did I do with that? If I'm going to have to give an account, it's like he gave me this account called life. And he says, OK, here's here's stuff and go go use that for my kingdom and for my glory. And at the end of my life, he's going to say, OK, let's look at the stuff I gave you. Some of us got a lot of stuff and some of us got less stuff. Some of us got one talent. Some of us got one got five talent, but we don't have to worry about the one that got more than us, less than us. We just got to worry about what God gave us. Amen. And so what are we going to do with that? Did we spend our life on ourselves, or did we spend it and use it for God? See, that's really what it boils down to. What am I living my life for? See, living a purpose driven life not only gives us joy and fulfillment right now, but it prepares us for eternity. Whenever we meet our maker and the music starts and the place gets white and Jesus walks out and his eyes are like, like flames of fire and he's radiating and, and he comes and, he, and we're like, oh, Lord, I hope this is a good day. Amen. 
And we're just hoping. We're playing it over in my, well done, thou good. And this is what we want to hear you say, Lord. Well done. How many of you want to hear? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Well, listen, 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 listen. Whether we hear that or not has to do with what we're doing right now. It's, it's not like, you know, well, 30 minutes before I get there, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to, you know. Hey, Lord, here I am. And he's going to have that video and he's going to rewind it. And Oh, no. Are y'all tracking? So what does it take to live a God-driven life? It takes intentionality to live a God-driven life. Intentionality means on purpose. A God-driven life doesn't happen automatically. I can tell you it doesn't. Whenever it was left a chance, it was a bad chance for me. What about for you? And so an intentional decision has to be made to live a God-honoring life. And this is what 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now look at that verse. Paul tells the Corinthians, make sure your entire life is lived for the glory of God. Living for the glory of God, what does that mean? I, I'm not sure exactly. I, I, I don't know the Greek and the Hebrew. But I think it's probably like living to bring honor, to bring reverence and respect to God's name. I think it's living in a way that is fulfilling and accomplishing His agenda and His purpose. I think living for the glory of God is living in a way Whenever they find out who our Father is, they want to get to know our Father. They're blessed with the thought of our Father. Are y'all with me? And so every day, we are to live for the glory and honor of the Lord. In fact, he says, even your eating, oh no, I wonder if Buddha is okay. All your eating and your drinking, he said, should be evaluated as to whether it brings glory and honor to the Lord. And so an intentional decision has to be made to live a God-honoring life. So whenever you decide to live a God-honoring life, you see, your Christianity goes beyond the four walls of a church building. And it follows you out there at Walmart or at the mall or at Target or Albertsons. Everywhere you go, you are checking out your life and you're saying, God, is my life honoring you? Is my life bringing glory to you? See, in my mind, that's what that's a God driven life. That I'm not just worried about whether it's OK or it pleases me, but I'm living my life to say, God, is it OK with you? Is it pleasing to you the way I just responded? The way I just talked to that individual. Is it okay with you? Are you okay with my behavior? Is there any area of my life that needs to be tweaked? Is my social life bringing glory and honor to you? Is my relationships bringing glory and honor to you? Are y'all with me? Is my checkbook reflecting that I'm honoring you? Is my character, my behavior, everything, everything. So whether you eat or drink, 
Whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Now, how many feel like you need some help? How many of you feel like you need a lot of help? Man, I need help. I got this, I got this dude that harasses me called my flesh. And he don't want to honor God. Come on, you have one of them that bothers you? My flesh don't want to honor God. But you know, the Bible says in Song of Solomon's 2 and 15, it says it's the little foxes that ruin the vineyards. It's the little things in our life. All it takes is one area of our life. One area of our life to just mess it up. I remember whenever I was a, just a brand new Christian, I remember that first time and I was out in public and one of the head ushers, I ran into him somewhere. He didn't know I was around. And I saw him and I watched him. And man, oh, disappointed me what I saw. Never said any, never said anything. I just went away going, oh. See, now then I wonder, man, how many times did I do something? Somebody was watching me. And I didn't even know they were watching me. And I wonder if I'm encouraging the body of Christ. I wonder if I'm strengthening the kingdom of God with my lifestyle, with my behavior, with my conduct, with my social life. Or, yo, this is tough right here, isn't it? Are they all tracking with me right here? Because, listen, the reason why we're talking about this is if we're going to live a life that's pursuing God, and we're going to live a 2016 that's going to count for the kingdom and the glory of God. We got to dive in all in, whether we eat, drink, whatever we do. Let's do for the kingdom and the glory of God. Amen. Y'all agree with that? Why don't you stand with me and let's close in prayer this morning. How many of you feel you might have some work to do? I'll be the first one in line, all right? Let me just be the first one. How many of you feel like, oh man, God, help me. Help me. An intentional decision has to be made to live a God-honoring life. That, that takes commitment. It takes surrender. You know, it's kind of like in relationships, you know, in a, in a like when a guy and a gal just start dating or they... Show interest in each other. And whenever it first starts, the commitment ain't that, that great. But, you know, eventually that relationship should come to a place of commitment. Right? Come on, is this still fashionable in the church? Like get married? Is that good? How many of y'all agree? You should get married, right? You should, you should plan on getting married, right? But, you know, that takes commitment. That takes commitment. That takes surrender. It kind of gives you no out. I mean, you're in, right? And I think with our Christianity, God's saying, come on, let's go all in, saints. Let's go all in. Amen. Come on, let's, let's give it our all. Amen. And I think some of you here today, maybe you just, you know, the Lord's just calling you. 
to just go all in so you can experience a greater fervency, a greater excitement, a greater passion, more energy, more focus in your life. And you're going to be just uh, having a lease on life like you never experienced. Jesus said the thief comes to kill and to destroy your life. But I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Amen. Come on. He don't want us to just to barely live. He wants us to have enough life to be able to spill over into other people. Amen. Come on, how many of you ready to go all in? How many of you willing to go all in? Purpose-driven, God-driven. It's pursuing God all in, man, everything for the Lord. Amen? Listen, as we stand before the Lord, the last thing is an intentional decision to surrender your life. And, and you know, Joshua, whenever he was leading, leading the Israelites and, and he brought the people to this point, and he says, hey, listen, now what y'all going to do? Are y'all coming with me? Are we going with God? Are y'all going to stay here and you're going to serve these gods of the world and these pagans and all this stuff? What you going to do? And Joshua said this in Joshua 24, 15. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served and were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, how do you like that? As for me and my house. Now listen, you can't, you can't tell what somebody else's house what to do, but you can tell your house what to do. As for me and my house, this is my house right here, the temple of the Lord right here, amen? But as for me and my house, I am going to serve the Lord. What about you? Are you going to serve the Lord or until something bad happens? Are you going to serve the Lord or until you have some, some tragedy or some hardship? Are you going to serve the Lord no matter what? Are you going to serve the Lord till hell freezes over, amen? Are you going to serve the Lord? Lord, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's good or bad in my life, we got to go all in and we got to serve the Lord, not looking back. Amen. And I believe God's calling someone here today to surrender all to him, all to him. Would you just bow your head with me for just a moment? If you're here today and you say, Todd, I've never crossed the line. I've never surrendered my life. I've never gone all in. And I don't know if I'm ready to meet the judge. I don't know if I'm ready to meet my maker. But man, I don't want to hear, depart from me. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Would you pray for me today? That the Lord would forgive my sins and that I could be cleansed of everything from my past. So I could be ready to meet my maker. If you're here today and that's really in your heart that you want to surrender your life, would you just do me a favor and raise your hand so I can see it? And I want to pray for you. Just raise it up and raise it high. And there you go. Right over here. Anywhere else. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Listen, I say this all the time. If you got your hand raised, raise both of them. Come on. This is the greatest decision you could ever make. And you say right now, I'm going all in. Amen. Now listen, if you got your hands raised, I'm going to ask you to take a bolt step, just slip right out of the pew and come to the altar this morning. Come on, just take that step and say, God, I'm all in. Amen. I'm all in. If you can't do that in church, you'll never live for him out there. Come on, just surrender it right here, right now. I'm coming down here to meet you. There you go. Come on. There you go. Come on down. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, yes. Come on. I hear the chorus in heaven. I hear the angels in heaven. I hear the rumbling in heaven. Oh, I hear it right now. 
I hear it right now. Thank you, Father. This is it. This is your day. This is your moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Heaven stopped whenever you took that step. Heaven just stopped. Thank you, Lord. Come on, we got time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is your moment. Just just close your eyes for a moment. This is you and Jesus right now. This is you and Jesus. Jesus wants you to know he loves you. And he's not trying to control your life. He's trying to help you. And he's got a path for you to live on. And he wants you to guide you on. So that your life can be the best life possible. So just right there in your heart, just say, Jesus. Can you say that? Jesus. Well, let's all say it together. Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood. So my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I want to live for you. I want my life to be about you. But I need your help. Would you cleanse my heart? Would you forgive me from all my sins? I want a fresh start, Lord. And I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me so I could have an abundant life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen and amen. 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 Do me a favor. Just stay here for just a moment. We want to give you some material. Get your name so we could pray for you. Congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Amen. God loves you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Amen. Well, how many of you say this is it right here? You just come up here, pray this prayer, and that's it, right? No, no, no. Come on, how many of you know we got to surrender today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year? Come on, we got to live our life. Amen? Are y'all, are y'all game for that? Amen. Well, we're going to have a closing prayer. If y'all need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. I just encourage you to just come down and let us pray with you. But let, let me just pray a blessing over you. Oh, thank you for just encouraging me. I appreciate your receptivity and your encouragement, even while I'm preaching. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your hand of blessing and favor over your people today. God, may you shower them as they live for you. May you shower them. May your peace be with them. God, may you just give them a wonderful, wonderful life. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus. I pray, and everybody that agreed said amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day.